Praise the Lord, my friends. How are you doing? It is my prayer that you have been well and everything has been well with you and with your loved ones. Today, I want us to look at the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Okay, so it's one of the most wonderful scriptures. And in my view, it is one of the most liberating scriptures or portion of scripture for any believer. And I want to look at this portion of scripture because there are a few things that have been going on in many churches today that I feel we need to come back to the, the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is something that we call the altar and there's something that we call the sacrifice. And so this portion of scripture talks about the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And I want to address the issue of the altar and the sacrifice. So let's look at uh, uh, chapter 10 from verse 1. The law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. It is very, very important for us to understand that first verse of scripture because then it helps us to understand the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And what this portion or the writer of the Hebrews is saying is that the law was only a shadow or is only a shadow of the good things that are coming. Now, the first thing that we have to understand is that in the New Testament, they did not have the New Testament Bible. The believers, the church of the New Testament, did not have the New Testament portions of Scripture like we have today. Today, we are blessed because we can look back and read about Paul and read the letters of Paul and read the letters of Peter and read the New Testament and the Gospels of John, Mark, and Luke. But the Old Testament is very different because the New Testament Christians only had the Old Testament. And so when the writer of Hebrews is writing this portion, he is referring to what he had at that time. So he's saying the law is only a shadow. He only had the law at that time. Once we understand that, then we have to understand that this law, the law of, of Moses, was only based in many things uh, in regards to sacrifices. In other words, there was a lot of sacrifices in the Old Testament. God uh, uh, outlined what the Israelites were supposed to do. If they were caught in sin, there is what they were supposed to do. If you study the book of Leviticus and the book of Deuteronomy, you'll be able to understand all these practices and rituals and sacrifices that the law provided. These were given by God so that men and women can come to him in repentance. And because of those sacrifices, men and women... Will, would be forgiven of their sins or their sins would be atoned for. But then we cross over to the New Testament and suddenly we do not see the sacrifices anymore because the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming. And the good things in this case was the cross of Jesus Christ. And the writer says, not the realities themselves. In other words, the sacrifices of the Old Testament was a foreshadow of the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus Christ at the cross. 
Whatever sheep was slaughtered in the Old Testament, whatever goat was sacrificed in the Old Testament, whatever bulls or cows or pigeons or whatever it is that they sacrificed in the Old Testament pointed to the coming of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice at the cross of Jesus Christ. And so he says, for this reason, it can never by the same sacrifice is repeated endlessly year after year. Make perfect those who draw near to worship. In other words, it doesn't matter how many sacrifices we give in today's generation. You cannot be cleansed by those sacrifices because the sacrifice of Jesus Christ is already enough for your life. Now, let me go back a little bit. So we have the Old Testament and they are making all these sacrifices. We have the Jeremiah's, we have the David's, we have Moses, we have all these prophets, Isaiah, we have Abraham making all these sacrifices because at that time, that is what was supposed to happen. And then Jesus Christ comes and, and he, we don't see Jesus making any sacrifice. And that's the interesting thing. Jesus himself come. We don't see Jesus setting up the 12 stones like Elijah did. We don't see Jesus raising up an altar in whatever place that he went to, like Elijah or like all these other people did in the Old Testament. If there was anything or if there was anyone who was supposed to raise altars uh, to mark and to give us an example, it was Jesus Christ. But wherever Jesus, uh, when Jesus comes, he doesn't go around towns and cities raising altars and sacrificing. Okay, please understand that because that was the life of the Old Testament. Wherever they went, they raised altars and they sacrificed and they worshipped to uh, they worshipped their God because that was the way of life then. Then Jesus Christ comes and he goes from Nazareth, goes to Bethlehem, goes to Galilee, goes to all these cities, goes to Samaria. But in all those cities and all those towns, we don't see Jesus raising altars wherever he goes. So he doesn't go to this city and say, oh, because I've come to this city and because this is the first time that I'm here, I'm going to raise an altar. He doesn't do that. There's a question there. Why doesn't he do that? Because he knows that he is a sacrifice. He knows that he is a culmination of the entire Old Testament uh, uh, rituals and, and programs. He's the culmination of all that. And he knows that he will raise the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate altar at Calvary, and he will be the ultimate sacrifice. And after that, we don't see Paul going around raising altars in every city or every town that he goes to. And Paul forms the foundation for our first, as our first missionary, okay, our first minister, our traveling minister was Paul. And so he goes to all these cities, he goes to Rome, he goes to Corinth, he, go, he goes to Ephesus, he goes to Philippi, and he doesn't go around raising altars in these cities. He goes to Athens, but he doesn't raise altars. But there is something that's happening in today's world and in today's church where we as Pentecostals, we have begun to do uh, something that wherever we go, when we go to a new town or a new city, we want to raise altars and, and offer sacrifices. But the sad thing is that the altars we are raising today are in form of the pulpits of our churches and the sacrifices we are giving are in forms of money. And what I want to say is this, if you are with Jesus Christ, you do not need an altar, you do not need a sacrifice. 
All you need is Jesus Christ and his cross and the power of resurrection upon your life and you win all your battles. There is a new teaching that's going around where people are told for your child to be delivered from drug addiction. You've got to raise an altar in your home and offer a sacrifice. Or you've got to go to a church and offer a sacrifice on the platform of the church. And now the platforms of those churches have become altars. And I've seen it, and I've seen it go, you know, all across the, the Pentecostal, and we, we are believing in those things. Okay. But what I want to say to you, friends, is that Jesus Christ is the one sacrifice. He's offered himself as a sacrifice. We cannot go back to the Old Testament. If you are fighting uh, demons or powers of darkness, then you've got to say, I come against them with the sacrifice of Jesus Christ upon the cross. I raise the altar of Jesus, the altar on which Jesus died. Because the danger is this. If we must, therefore, if we must raise altars for every little thing that's happening in our lives, if we must sacrifice for every little thing that's happening in our lives, then the question we have is this. Why did Jesus die? Why did Jesus have to raise an altar for us if we, we are the ones who are supposed to raise the altar? And so Hebrews says, this is only a shadow of the good things that are coming. And then he says uh, uh, in verse 2, Otherwise, would they have not stopped being offered? For the worshippers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt guilt for their sins. Okay? We are not to raise altars and sacrifices for our sins, for generational curses, for us to get jobs, for us to take new positions. It is not biblical it is not something that we are supposed to do because Jesus Christ did that uh, everything for us. Okay, So whenever you walk into a church and they say that there is power in the altar of that church, you have to raise your eyebrows and begin to question in light with the scriptures. And you have to look at it and ask yourself, is this the altar on which Jesus Christ died on? Because the, uh, this is what I believe. The cross of Jesus sets us free from such uh, uh, things that bind us. It sets us free from such practices. We are no longer to perform such rituals because Jesus Christ died for us. The power of the cross, the power of the blood of Jesus, the power of the sacrifice that happened at Calvary is more powerful than any altar you will ever raise in your house or in your church, or for your children. It's more powerful than any offering you will ever give, than any sacrifice you will ever make. Romans 12, uh, chapter 12, verse 1, tells us that we are living sacrifices. We are the ones to give ourselves as living sacrifices, because it is us. Jesus gave himself as a sacrifice, so that we can give ourselves to him as a sacrifice. And so, the altar and the sacrifice. It's a dangerous gospel. And it's a gospel that has been countered by the book of Hebrews. Thank you. God bless you. And God be with you.